We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Saturday, August 10th, 2019. Pack a day, your 24 7, 365 day a year Packers podcast. I'm Jake Rongholt of PackersTalk.com. And joining me, uh, let me get down this resume here for a moment. 30 years in the business and counting. Covered the Philadelphia Eagles for years and years. Mark Eckel is joining us. Mark, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Good day. Packers won their preseason opener. Everybody should be in a good mood. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody got hurt. That was the main fact. That's now, exactly. that's the more important thing. Or in birth, a little bit of a shoulder thing, but I hopefully it's not real serious. We'll know later today, probably have the extent of that. If that was the best thing, if that was the best injury that happened, then we got off scot free because, you know, you saw at the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost Nate Sudfeld. Uh, you saw Jermaine Curse being taken off with an air cast for the Detroit Lions. So the Packers got away with one here. And yes, they won that game 28 to 26. Uh, we actually just had a pack a day on Friday uh, where they broke down the majority of the game. We're going to break down in this a little bit different. We're going to get really deep, deep, deep within this a little bit because I want to talk about a couple of positions that really surprised me. Uh, the depth that Brian Gutekus has already accomplished here. So like I said, Packers won 28-26. Forget about that. Wins don't matter. Lambeau leap, we got to see that too. But Mark... What stood out to you in that preseason game? A couple things. Um, let's start on offense. Uh, All right. Jake, Jake Kumarak can play. 
right? Yes, he can. I know he was he's a, he was the wonder kind when last year's preseason, mm-hmm. and would have made the team. Would have probably made it. In, would have probably played a lot last year too if he didn't get get hurt. You know when he did that you know stupid thing in the end zone. So you know if he can learn to to you know keep, take care of himself a little better and stay healthy, I think this kid could. He's not even a kid anymore, but I, I think this this guy could be. He could be a pretty good wide receiver for him now. Um, I mean, he. They Mark, wasn't it interesting? Wasn't it interesting that you saw Kumaro across the middle where Randall Cobb used to play? So it felt like the Packers are starting to mix him in a little bit. I mean, he's going to press Geronimo Allison, I think, for for playing time at his slot. Um, you know, I'm just wondering this now, like. Let me ask. Let me ask. Ask you this question. Uh-huh. Um, if a team like the New York Giants, just to use them as an example, if they called you and offered you a mid-round pick for Geronimo Allison, would you think about it? I would think about it, but I wouldn't do it because even though yes, he had injury concerns last year, I get that, but that is still one of Rogers' main guys. I mean, you want to have Devonte Adams, you want to have Geronimo Allison. But we want to see what, you know, Jake Kummerow can do. You know, Randall Cobb's now in Dallas. But you want to keep as much depth as you can on this wide receiver core going forward, especially with new head coach, new philosophy, and new system. Well, I, yeah, I, because it's a new head coach, I think that's why, you know, I mean, yeah, I want depth. But the Packers probably have nine wide receivers who could make an NFL roster right now. Go for it. Well, all nine are they're not going to keep nine. No, they're not. Probably, I mean, anything. Any, six is six is a good number. They may keep seven, and but you know that, that's a lot. I mean, that means you're going to have to go light somewhere else. Somebody's not making it. I mean, this kid Shepard looks like a player. Love that. I, I don't want to get carried away, but apparently he's had a real good camp and he played well again last night. Made made a very nice catch in the in the end zone for for a touchdown on a, on a ball thrown kind of kind of high by a uh, Kaiser, but. Um, they got. I mean, the wide receivers all of a sudden, and I, and then you you said that you know they they've added depth to this team. I think the wide receivers are going to be. When you look at this group, Adams, Allison, Scantling, Kumaral, St. Brown, um, you know, who am I forget? Jamal Moore. They like to, who they said have been. Well, Moore is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, he dropped two balls. You know. He, Slipped on a on a route. He did he did make a he did make a catch for a touchdown where he was wide open. Um, I got to think he's out, he's right now fighting it for his life, and hopefully there's a team that might want him, and the Packers could could trade him and get a they're not going to get much. I mean they they probably get maybe a six maybe a seven for him if, if that. Yeah, Mark, uh, I see what you're saying, and that's a great point about Jamon Moore. One thing that really turned me off about him though was after he caught that touchdown. He walked back to the sidelines like he was Odell Beckham Jr. making this colossal grab. I'm sitting here going, you're on the third team receivers right now, and you're playing this off like, oh, it's, it's no problem. I'm fine. No, I think you're right, Mark. I think he's definitely on that bubble right now for him. And I think he's behind the bubble. I think he has to oh. play his way onto the rob. I mean, all those guys, I, I, oh, I forgot the other kid that um, – Lazard picked up late last year. Lazard, he's not bad either. Yeah, from he's Jacksonville. Yeah, Alan Lazard yeah. from yeah from Jacksonville I mean, of all places. 
they have nine receivers, in my opinion. They have nine receivers who I think will be in the NFL this year. Now, all nine won't be on the Packers. They're not going to keep nine receivers. If, so they're going to have to do something. And I don't know if they can get some of these guys to the practice squad. A lot of teams need need receivers. Both teams in, in New York are desperate for wide receiver help. And this has got to make and this has got to make the front office really happy right now that they have so much depth on the wide receiver core that they can, you know, start wheeling and dealing a little bit, some minor trades maybe possibly. And uh, like you said, there was a couple of guys that really stood out to me last on um, uh, Thursday night. Darius Shepard, I thought, really stepped up. I mean, the guy comes out of North Dakota State. Nobody talks about him. Makes us. A terrific catch. Gets the first Lambeau leap. That was great to see. You talk about Lazard as well. And then uh, I think St. Brown might uh, finish it off right there. But, yeah, I think you're right about Jamon Moore. And I really like this wide receiver depth. And then you mentioned Kumaro. Every time I saw him make that was catch, he had two catches for 27 yards. They were across the middle. They need that speed because that's where Randall Cobb was for years, making those quick slants for Rodgers. No, I, yeah, I couldn't agree. I mean, that's, that, that's what stood out to me last night. On, on the offensive side, was the wide receivers. Um, Kumarel, like I said, you know, he did this last preseason. You know, every I mean, I, I had guys that were there every day telling me he was their second-best receiver last year in camp, you know, until he got hurt. And he was, he was better than Cobb. He was better than Allison. He was better, he was better than everybody but Adam. Staying with offense. Well, staying with offense, let's talk about the sixth-round draft pick out of Notre Dame, Dexter Williams. What impressed you about him? He runs really hard. I like that. I like Dexter that, that, that run hard. And he, and he showed last night that he could, you know, he, he's not going to go down with the first um, first contact. No. And, um, and, you know, what do you have, 80, 80 total yards last night? Ran, nice little, ran a nice play on a, on a screen. Yeah, that was beautiful. Be, right off that right side. That was a nice pick. That was mm-hmm. a very nice very good value pick in the sixth round. And um, he probably would have been a much higher. He had some off the field issues, I guess. He got yes, suspended he for his couple of games last year. Um, I don't think it's anything, you know, terrible. Um, but again, it was a little bit of a red flag, and I think that hurt his draft status enough that he fell to the sixth round. And we, we talked about this after the draft. I thought that was a very, very good value to get a guy that can help you the way I think Dexter Williams can help this offense. In the sixth round, a lot of times sixth round picks, you know, they're, you know, they don't make the team or they, they maybe go on the practice squad. Now this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna be on the team and he's and he's gonna get his share share work during during the course of the season, I believe. I kept saying that that was a late round uh, steal for the Packers. I mean, he had 13 carries and 67 yards. Looked good on that screen. There was a couple of times where I was looking at his yards after the catch. And was really impressed with his performance overall. But now let's get to the nitty-gritty because this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast on Saturday, August 10th, 2019. I'm Jake Rongholt. Joining me is Mark Eckel. We're breaking down a little bit deep, deep with the Packers and the Texans. We're also going to get into the top 10 most tortured fan bases coming up later on in the show. I want to talk about this defense. I was watching this defense like a hawk because I had to see these defensive backs, and they did not disappoint. Kadar Holman, uh, Will Redmond. Will Redmond, Mark. If you watched Will Redmond last night, that guy was a one-man wrecking machine, made a couple good turnovers, got a fumble return. What really impressed you about these defensive backs? No, they they played well. And again, it was all the kids. I mean, you you didn't see, they're all even players. All second-teamers last night. 
All second teamers last night. No starters were playing. Well, Savage started, I believe, um, but only played a couple series. But nobody okay. played that. that. That's the whole thing with preseason. Nobody right, played. Right, right. So you can't get too excited. No, no. Um, no, they, they definitely shut down the Texans wide receivers. Now, granted, you know, a guy named DeAndre Hopkins wasn't out there for the Texans. <laughs> no. Uh, it might have been a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, 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 but that said, I mean, no, they, they did it. Holman, Holman for his first ever game. Um, wow. Showed, showed me some, you know, we knew he could run. Um, and, you know, he, he, he showed that he, he could play in this way, that, he, you know, he had some good good cover skills, made a nice pick. Um, Redmond, now, he was a third-round pick a few years ago. His problem has been staying healthy. Uh, he was 49ers drafted him in the third round. Never was able to stay, you know, play a season, play, play for him. He was always on injured re- reserve. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a guy that you got to look at. Um, I thought Raven Green had a nice game in safety. Yeah, your boy Green. Raven re- re- recovered. Um, so, no, the, I thought the secondary was, was probably the highlight of the, of the defense Thursday night. And keep one thing in mind. Now, now Joe Webb was the quarterback for the, uh, for the <laughs> The only one. But, uh, well, yeah, he, he played the whole game, which was, you don't see that often. <laughs> but, but, they, but they weren't going to play Watson. Right, he right. He gave a counter turn. No, of course. And the fourth guy, whose name escapes you right now, they just signed him. So he oh, probably geez. didn't even know the plays yet. But keep, but keep it now. Joe Webb's not a good quarterback by any stretch of the <laughs> No, he's not. He's been in the league 10 years. Isn't that insane? He started his career with the Minnesota Vikings. He played a little time in Carolina. Now he's in Houston. It's just like, how in the world did this guy get a career? Well, can I finish my statement here? Yeah, of he's course. He's been in the league 10, 10, 10 years. Ten years ago, most of these guys that he was playing against for the Packers were at eighth grade. So that says something to me that those guys. I mean, like Wen made some plays last night with his feet, and and a lot of that I think was the Packers were playing man to man, so their backs were to him, and the coverage was so good that he just took off and ran, and and he, and he hurt him a little. But now, if that was a real game, I think Patton makes some adjustments, and and they take that away. But again, it's preseason. You wanted. Put in what you're putting in. He wanted him. He wanted his D backs to, to play man and cover guys. And you know, Webb wants to run around and make make plays. That's great. But you know, he is an experienced NFL quarterback going against a bunch of guys that were that were playing for the first time in their lives. Another guy that I thought that played well at linebacker was the, was their seventh round pick, Summers. Ty Summers. Um, he, he played a lot because Burks got hurt early, so he he went in probably sooner than they expected him to. And played most of the game, and I believe he had ten tackles. Um, missed a couple. They, again, the Packers. That that was the one. If you, if you want to ask me what was the worst thing of the night, too many missed tackles. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where I sat there and went, "Why are you trying to connect with your shoulder pads? Why aren't you trying to make the tackle?" Uh, yeah, you could definitely see the rust was trying to be shaken off a little bit. I saw that with Tony Brown a few times. I'm going to tell you why why they missed tackles. Why is that? Because they don't practice. Nobody tackles in practice anymore. Yeah. So you don't tackle in practice, and you, and, you, and you don't hit in practice, well, then you don't hit and tackle in the games either. And that's what the NFL's coming to. They, everybody's so afraid of getting somebody hurt. That, that training camp, training camp's become a country club now. And, I mean, I go back a long way, and I sound like, <laughs> sound like the old guy now, but I remember when, I, when you actually training camp, when you actually, like, practice, and you actually, like, tackle, and you actually, like, you know, hit guys, not the quarterback, obviously, but, 
you know, you, you did things. It was hard. And you went twice a day. And, and, and you worked. The guys were tired at the, end, at the end of the day at training camp. And they went right to sleep because they were exhausted. And now it's like, you know, they practice for an hour and a half and they call it a day. And then, and then they don't even hit. And then you wonder why, why you know, they, they miss tackles in the game. Well, yeah, because they, they don't know how to tackle. Mark, you're dead on because, I mean, it that's just... My, that's it, my rant for the day. No, that's good. And we always appreciate those rants here on Back in Day. And always going to be that way. But I think you're right because it just comes down to that collective bargaining agreement, the lack of practices. I mean, I go back to 1997 when Dick Vermeule came the head coach of the St. Louis Rams, and he ran those guys ragged. Three-hour practices twice a day. And now it comes to a point where I look on my phone and every time it's like, oh, look at this acrobatic catch. Oh, look at this run. And I'm like, can I see some tackles? Can I just see a reporter take a video of some tackling drills? Like, what happened to the Oklahoma drill? Why can't we have that again? They're not around anymore. Jeez. You're absolutely right, though. And and that's our rant for today here on Pack-A-Day on Saturday, August 10th, 2019. But, of course, you got to go back to it. It's preseason, folks. It's fun to break down. It's fun to get excited a little bit. But let's remind ourselves – while the defensive backs look good, while there was some good offensive talent, it's still just preseason. All right, let's I'm jump. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to point out one other uh, positive. Go for it. From, uh, from, from Thursday night's game. Mm-hmm. Something that, that's been terrible and was worse than terrible last year, it was the all-time terrible, all-time dreadful, was to play the Packers special teams last year. Agreed. Last night? Last night they had a fumble on a, on a return. Well, that guy, you'll never see him again. Um, <laughs> but but the special teams, you know, scored the first touchdown. Which yes. is pretty nice to see the special teams contribute in a, in a huge way. And it was a whole thing. It wasn't. It was a great punt by by J.K. Scott. Long, deep, high. I think it was. I think it had five seconds of hang time. Mark, he kicked that from the you know, twenty-four. Yeah, it hits it, it, it. You know, it takes a little bit of a like a little spin, and, and it hits off the uh, Texas return guy, and same rounds right right there to re, to recover it first. I mean, that was a really good special teams play all around, and I don't think we saw anything like that last year. Did we? Well, we if, if we did, it happened against the Packers. We didn't see the Packers ever, ever do anything like that. So that was to me that was like, wow, look at this special teams did something good. Now they still had to clean up a couple penalties, like they always have on on returns. Um, but the coverage, you know, was, was better, I think, in some ways, some areas. Um, but I just thought, you know, last year I was very, very critical of the Packers special teams almost every week. So it was nice to see them um, actually make a big play. Yeah, that was great to see from the special teams. And you can definitely tell with Ron Zook being fired, hallelujah, the special teams might actually improve this year. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's uh, jump to our final segment here on Pack-A-Day. And uh, this was interesting Uh, Jay Busby of Yahoo Sports wrote this. This is the top 10 most tortured fan bases. Uh, Here we go. So we'll start from... Just football. Just the NFL. So the top 10 NFL fan bases that are tortured. Number 10, the Raiders. Number 9, Packers. Number 8, Vikings. Number 7, 49ers. Number 6, Bengals. Number five, Lions. Number four, Falcons. Number three, Redskins. Number two, Jets. Number one, 
Giants? Timeout. How in the world? Mark. Where did Cleveland Brown? Exactly. That there is one They're team that one. It is missing here. I mean. The Cleveland Browns are number one. I mean, <laughs> those four fans, they have, they've never won a, they, I mean, since in the Super Bowl era, they've never even gotten to a Super Bowl. They've, they've had they've had nothing but, you know, terrible number one picks until recently. Um, they, you know, no, the Cleveland Browns, and, I, and God, God, God bless them. They, they, they turn out every week, and the dog pound and all that. No, they're 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 number. They don't make the top. That's ridiculous. But throw that list away. Never. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it again. I, I couldn't believe. I, I couldn't believe when number one was the Giants. I sat there and went, they won four Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding yeah. me with that? I mean, the Cleveland fans have been dying for a Super Bowl. The Lions have been dying for a Super Bowl. I mean, All they, the Cleveland and the Lions have never even gotten one. No, they haven't, and neither has Detroit. I mean, I'm saying the Cleveland, yeah, the Browns and the Lions have never even gotten them. At least, at least the Bengals got to two. You know? And then, how do you get to the? And then, how do you put the Packers on here? I mean, look, I understand. No, no, we've been tortured. No, you don't. Well, you know why? We haven't no, been that tortured fun. though. We've been spoiled since night since 1992 and beyond. Well, here's why I'm going to say the Packers and fans have been tortured. Okay. We're have more. Like we're not tortured in the way of the Lions. But we're tortured in that fourth and twenty-six. Ah. We're tortured in that, and Brian, we're 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 tortured in the in the Seattle loss. Yes, Ooh, that was we're, brutal. We're tortured in that giant in that freezing game in, in overtime against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, we're tortured in the hail the, the fail Mary game. Um, you know, there's been some. I go on. There, there's probably a few more. I'm 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 not re- remembering here. I mean, Brett Favre. Should have won more than once. But that lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That and that's torturous. true. Um, Brett Favre should have won more than one Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? and so should Aaron uh, Rodgers. But you know, well, Rodgers isn't done yet. Rodgers isn't done yet. So I'm like, he, he still might. Mm-hmm. But Favre is done, and he only won one. He should have. I think. I think he should have gone to a couple more. Well, they, they, the fourth and twenty-six year, they win that game. Who knows? They play Carolina. They. That, that would have been an interesting game. I think they might have won that game, and they would. Have, I don't know if they would have beat New England, but they would have been in another Super Bowl. Um, that loss, to the, that cold overtime loss to the Giants, that would have been another Super Bowl. Um, Niners. I mean, Colin I, Kaepernick. What the Niners? What the Niners beat them? Niners beat them. Yeah. I'm not gonna. You know, sometimes you, you tip your hat and say, like, I don't think the Eagles were better than the Packers that 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 day. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. But we just got. That was Mike, Mike Sherman made Mike Sherman made three bonehead calls in that game. Yes, he um, did. I, yep. I don't think the Giants were, were better the year they beat them in that zero to you know whatever it was that ice bowl two whatever you want to call it. Um, you know I don't I don't think um, Seattle was better not that day they were better all all year but that day the Packers were clearly the better team. For yeah, Mike seven, McCarthy let that one go. Yeah, that. So I mean it, that was so frustrating. We've been tortured in. in those ways, in terms of not the way the, like I said, not the way the Cleveland Browns have been tortured in that they don't even, those, those poor people that, those Browns fans would love to have lost the game to Packers lost because they would have been in them, you know what I'm saying? They would have at least been in the playoffs, but but I could see where Packers, I, I could see making a case that Packers fans are in the top 10 tortured teams, but it's not, it's probably a good spot, but the Vikings should be higher on that. On, on the that Vikings should be number two, Mark. you got to go Browns, back. Right? This is a team that lost four Super Bowls. 
They had one of their best, the best coaches in NFL history with Bud Grant, and he couldn't win a Super Bowl. 1998, they had the best offense in the NFL. They can't beat Chris Chandler and Terrence Mathis? Gary Anderson, he was 41 for 41! <laughs> and not just... Hey, wait a minute. Where did you say? I didn't hear you say Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Bills aren't in here. How are they not? They lost four in a row. And then haven't been good since. Yes, yeah, Scott Norwood, wide right. That was their that was their big shot. But you know, you got Thurman Thomas. Yeah, that's a terrible match. That's a terrible. Thank match. you. That's what I, I, that's what I'm saying. This is a terrible list. How do you put Mark? How do you put the San Francisco 49ers in here? They are a dynasty for crying out loud. They won well, five Super Bowls. What? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, if you're a Niners fan, you, you, you've had your. If you're old enough, you're, you had, you have good memories. You know? Yeah, you have but, Joe Montana, yeah, Niners, Steve Young. The Niners don't belong near that high. No. Giants certainly don't belong on that list. Giants are not number one. And Buffalo's got to be like two or like Cleveland Vikings, Buffalo, Detroit's got to be your top four. Vikings, I think Vikings should be higher. What's that? I think Vikings should be higher because I mean you go back, Chris. Yeah, I, did... I, I think they're top four. I think I, okay. I think Cleveland, Detroit, Buffalo, and Minnesota, in whatever order you, you want to put them, are one, two, three, four. I think Cleveland's one, but I'm down. That's just me. Yeah, the Browns should be number one, but the Vikings should be in the top four at least. So I agree with that. I mean, another thing too with the Vikings, you know, they're also they're pretty much like the redheaded stepbrother of the Green Bay Packers because. You know, you go back Monday Night Football. Al Michaels has that. He did what when it was Antonio Freeman grabbing that ball? I, I don't know. Still don't know how he did that. But then they also get Brett Favre from the Packer. From you know, they play. Let me try this again. With the Jets, and then he goes to the Vikings. Gets into the NFC Championship game. Third down, throws it across the middle. Tracy Porter picks it off. Two years ago, NFC Championship game, they get plowed by Nick Foles and the Super Bowl-bound Philadelphia Eagles. And I won't even mention 2000 when they got plastered by Kerry Collins and the New York Giants. No, you're right. They, I'm yeah, sorry. They, they belong to us. So we, I, I think we spent too much time. That guy, don't ever read anything that guy writes again. And throw that list in the garbage. Jay Busby of Yahoo Sports. Thank you very much for one of the worst lists we've ever had here. But here on Pack a Day, we will break it down and we will bring you the truth when it comes to most tortured fan bases. But it was interesting how Mark was able to bring up about the Packers. I never thought of that, but you know, that's a good we've call. Been tortured. We've been tortured. We've been tortured over the last couple of years. You're right. You're right. I said, you got anything else? No, I'm good. We, I think we're. I think we we touched all bases today. All right. Well, Mark, then we'll uh, talk in two weeks, and the Packers will be uh, going through week three. And we'll be when we'll have a little more handle on what the regular season roster is going to look like and, and getting excited for that Thursday night opener against the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. I'm counting down the days. All, All right. right, Mark. It's a pre- always appreciated to be here on Pack-A-Day with you. All right. Take care, Jake. We'll talk right. again. Yep. All right, that was Mark Eckel. You know, if I took, if I gave you a shot of his resume, I promise you, you would see, it would just be mind-boggling to you what this guy has been able to do.
And like I said, it's always a pleasure to have him here on Pack a Day. But like I said, you know, yeah, we broke down the preseason, got a little excited here, and I get that. You know, it's our first dose of football coming to us, and you know. The thing is, when it comes to this, is that you got to look at the individuals. You can't look at the game plans or anything like that. You got to be looking at the team, the players that are going to be able to be a part of a 53-man roster. We got a good taste of what we'll be seeing here throughout the preseason. There's a couple of good players, like I said, you know, Ty Summers, as Mark said, uh, Alan Lazard, you know, from Jacksonville came across. Uh, he really showed off some good talent, also, and then you know, Jamon Moore. Better be watching your, better be watching the rearview mirror because there are receivers who want your job. And I, like I said, I did not appreciate with how he reacted when he caught that touchdown by Tim Boyle. I, I, so I kind of sat there and went, "What? What are you, Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, come on, man, get over yourself." That's just me, though. All right, and then of course uh, the most tortured fan bases. I this what a terrible list, but I'm really glad that Mark was able to bring us some reminders of, yeah, we've been tortured the last 10 years, so I get that. All right, if you got any comments or concerns, you can tweet Mark Eckel at markeckel08. You can te- uh, tweet me at Sports. that's R-O-N-G-H-O-L-T, sports, or you can uh, tweet us at Packaday Podcast. Uh, one m- minor little shout-out here to our founder, our creator of Packaday, uh, Andy Herman, I know that this guy was excited when he got to see Tim Boyle throw two touchdowns in that uh, preseason game against the Houston Texans. So I'm sure he was just ecstatic of the way that Tim Boyle threw the football. And I won't lie, he did throw a pretty good football. Like I said, I feel like he should be the backup to Aaron Rodgers, but that's a story for another time. All right, that's it for Packing Day here on Saturday, August 10th, 2019. The three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. And we will see you next time on Pack-A-Day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.